Welcome to So You Want to Be a Copywriter, brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses. Your host is Bernadette Schwert, who you'll find at copyschool.com, and you can find out more about all our copywriting courses at copywritingcourses.com.au. Now, over to Bernadette. AI and copywriting. Everyone's talking about it. For someone who's getting really deep into the weeds of how it all works is Leanne Shelton. Now, Leanne is a copywriter who's taken a right turn and has reinvented her brand to become a specialist in copy and AI. Find out how she's using it, why she's excited about the future of copywriting, and why every other copywriter should be excited as well, and how to leverage this exciting technology in your own business. In an interesting twist, Leanne was diagnosed with ADHD recently, which answered a lot of questions for her, and the diagnosis proved to be an overwhelmingly positive experience. Why? Well, you'll just have to listen to find out. Hello, I'm Bernadette Schwert. I'm the founder of the Australian School of Copywriting and the head copywriting tutor at the Australian Writers' Centre. If you'd like to learn more about AI and copywriting, you can enrol in one of our copywriting courses. For a masterclass in not just how to write copy, but how to brief chat GPT and make it work for you and your clients, we've got the courses for you. Here's a message from Evelyn, who did one of our courses. Hi, Bernadette. A little message to let you know that my business has exploded since I did your course. Thank you for giving me the confidence to give it a go and for helping me understand the power of AI in writing copy. It's been an eye-opener. Well, thank you, Evelyn. So to find out more about those courses, you can visit writercenter.com.au forward slash essentials or visit copyschool.com. And if you like our podcasts, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's get started. Leanne Shelton, welcome to the podcast. So nice to have you with me. Thank you, Benedette. Really excited to be here. Now, Leanne, you have got a really interesting backstory and I'm going to start with a couple of fun facts. Um, Firstly, you have a pet snake, a python. I do. Now, who would have thought? Tell us a bit about how you come to have a pet snake in the house. It is random. It's only been since uh, March this year. Uh, my my husband was looking, I just caught him, you know, random browsing on his laptop and he was looking up snakes. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I've just always wanted one as a pet. And it never even occurred to me. We never even had this conversation and we've been married for 15 years. Uh, so I was like, okay. And then when it was coming up to his birthday in March, I was like, I have a great present for him. And his face lit up when he realised what we are going to get him because he had to be part of the process. And I had no idea what I was walking into, but uh, we, we only have a budgie. Like, we're not really cat dog people. And I'm like, okay, let's have a look. So I went to the pet shop and they're tiny, tiny when they're babies, tiny little things, um, just like a, a backyard lizard minus the arms and legs, basically, you know, very small. And... The first one we got out was all nippy, but the second one we got out was all very placid. And we're like, okay, let's give this a shot. And we've named him Phoenix. We think it's a boy. We're actually not sure. And he actually is very, very cute and therapeutic, which I think a lot of people don't, they get freaked out of the whole snake thing and don't think about the therapy part. But because of his size as well, you sit in front of the TV at night and he just, you know, like a kaleidoscope, every pattern is different when he moves around your hand and goes in and out and 
and it just it's actually very relaxing so wow yeah it's been fun and the kids how big is it now it's probably about maybe 30 30 centimeters long but not that thick like probably the same thickness of a the not even a lipstick like pretty you know um and he as a a children's python won't get to be like a carpet python like not thick so a nice kind of size fully grown which could still take five years anyway and they lived like 20 years so pet for life but yeah he's settled in well good to know it won't eat the children that's good no, to know. hasn't tried to bite once this one. So I'm glad we didn't go for the first one that nipped five times in five minutes. Um, this one has never tried to bite and it's, it's very affectionate, which we were kind of told at the pet shop. Like a very bizarre. Like bear. Like, yeah, yeah. So very cute. Most people get a chihuahua. Yeah, you get a python. <laughs> it's cleaner. Um, There's no, no fur. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I love the uh, out-of-the-box nature. And the second thing I think is really interesting about you too, Leanne, is that you've been diagnosed with ADHD and I take it it was a late life diagnosis. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 38 and I've had suspicions for about a year just from talking to other people. I know naturally I'm a bubbly extrovert. I always have heaps of ideas in my business. I've had my own business for nine years. I'm always changing things. I did once win a shiny object syndrome game at <laughs> a networking event. Uh, but anyway, just talking to other business owners who had ADHD and in terms of the struggles with dealing with the boring, mundane and business stuff like life, you know, the stuff that may actually get you sales, like, you know, getting your processes and systems and, and making those follow up calls. Um, I just want to keep things exciting and new. And, uh, I, I just, yeah, I kind of realized, well, maybe there's something I could do some strategies if this actually is me and this label. Um, but didn't want to initially get a diagnosis because I thought, well, what difference is going to make? But then talking to more like Phil, and there's actually a lot of entrepreneurial ADHD um, or people in the spectrum out there, I think, because who else would do this kind of stuff in a business? Um, the ridiculousness. Um, but yeah, and then they like, oh, look, you know, in terms of like medication or strategies that have helped them, these could help you. And yeah, so it was about five months from booking the, the appointment to actually having the appointment a week ago at the time of recording. But yeah, got the official diagnosis. Yes, um, it's combined and mostly inattentive, which is 100% makes sense why I keep tasks switching and I can't sit through webinars without fiddling with stuff on, and can't do online summits and whatever. And yeah, so I'm on this journey now to see what that means and how I can get over that shiny object syndrome syndrome (laughs) and actually you know take the proper measures to do the proper things to grow my business I think that is really interesting because I wonder if people hearing this probably feel the same way in terms of like a focus or split thinking or multitasking all those kinds of things um because I imagine it's quite common Uh, but what is it that makes it ADHD versus just being a bit unfocused or a little bit distracted what what is the difference well that's it so there's a whole bunch of traits and so ADHD I obviously I mean doing a lot of research which could be a trait too um you know it it shows up differently for everyone I I tick so many of the boxes like talking a lot uh it does often go back to your childhood as well um I've been able to mask it fairly well like I was okay with school uh couldn't do math though like equations facts figures I really struggled to maintain that which it makes sense. Um, 
I also have a bit of face blindness. So I have to meet someone about five times before I actually start to recognize them. Stuff like that. I didn't realize it was just me. I felt bad or, and that's, that's kind of part of the condition. Um, so it, you may have traits, but not be ADHD. I ultimately wanted the diagnosis in the end because I was constantly feeling overwhelmed and I was snapping at the kids. My kids are they're now seven and 10, two daughters. That's oh, right. Yeah. Seven, yeah. And, um, I just found myself getting overwhelmed and lashing out. I'm like, that's not me because I was getting overstimulated. So that's when I started thinking this is a problem apart from the business side. Um, I want to just get a, a handle on it. So if anyone is, you know, I think you may have it, um, join some ADHD Facebook groups, follow some people on Instagram. That's how I started. And then get yourself an appointment with a GP referral and, and just find out. Oh, and so even that's early days, any tips for people on how to manage these these tendencies or these traits that you're experiencing? Uh, look, I've, yes, I'm still experimenting some things, but I've been told, you know, like, you know, just write three things you're going to work on that day and just do those three things. Um, I, I still can't quite do that. Uh, that's just one thing. I'm experimenting with medication. I, I have no slight difference. Like I can work on something without being distracted by another thought too quickly. I think it's, yeah, I'm actually going to look into ADHD coaching um, and because I was told medication can help to an extent. So when I start on that journey, that will teach me more and I'm looking at maybe a group kind of environment because I thrive on accountability and other people and the extrovert in me. So I might try that and just learn from other people. Um, I've already kind of picked up some things with triggering from the kids, like just take myself away, deep breaths, calm my mind, re-enter the space, which I did that before the diagnosis. But, um, yeah, just being reflective and journaling, getting back into my journaling as well, that's making a difference too, getting it all out, clear my thoughts. Interesting. Thank you for being so honest as well, Leanne. I think that's really lovely to um, put that out there and that's, um, you know, it could be helpful to a lot of people. And it's a lovely segue really into what this topic is about because what you've said to me is that without that trait of interest in you know looking at different things and research you might not have pivoted so quickly to AI copywriting which is what you've done so before we go there let's take two steps back and tell us a bit about the right time marketing organization that you run yeah so I started the business nine years ago it was one of those things of return to work after maternity leave uh you know full-time work and part-time hours and that wasn't that wasn't working for me. So I wanted to start a business. I knew I, writing has always been my thing since I was a kid. I knew I wanted to do something in writing, and my I did marketing roles, and but I kept moving towards the writing stuff. And when on maternity leave, I was doing uh, I was the editor for a couple of community newsletters, like sport organisations. I thought, oh, I could do this for business owners. Uh, quickly learnt business owners don't really want to invest in just emails, but website copy. Uh, maybe yes. And I met, so I got quickly went into the networking scene, met a website designer who planted that seed and said, oh, we could collaborate. You could write copy for my clients, move projects along and learned about SEO copywriting. And then I discovered about blogging not long after that. I'm like, oh, I love writing articles. I've done, you know, some freelance journalism. And that was really exciting for me. And yeah, so I was managed, I managed to grow my business around my kids. It's gone through different stages, but, you know, five years ago I started doing training as well because I found that there were so many people I met along my 
you know, networking journey that couldn't afford me, but I just wanted to help them in some shape or form. And I'm like, I have this knowledge. My dad's a retired teacher. I, I do love teaching and I get that, you know, that oh, I know that dopamine hit, I guess, uh, when people have those aha moments so much more than when I hand over a completed uh, copy deck for a website, you know, crickets and, you, you know, brains start thinking they don't like it, but no, they hit publish and didn't think about it. Um, so I found that I really love the training. So that's become, yeah, two parts of the business now. The done for you and then the training you, um, the, so the helping you with the DIY. And I've loved that, having that balance. So then fast forward to, yeah, so this year and, you know, that content, mar- content marketing training has been on all sorts of things, LinkedIn, podcasts, I have a podcast, uh, webinars, you know, um, blogging, website copy, all that. And then, yeah, and then this year with the explosion of like ChatGPT and AI, I thought, well, this is going to be my key focus for, for training. I won't jump around topics. I will just focus on this. Uh, my focus for this year was meant to be on blogging. I created this core blogging bootcamp course membership thing to just teach people that blogging is just not a tick in the box in your marketing, not waiting for Google. It's a key piece of content, core piece of content, repurposing, all that. But that didn't kick off. So I thought, all right, let's try ChatGPT. Repivoting, well done. Um, so let's talk about that because that's really the focus for this particular podcast. Um, talk us through what a copywriter who is maybe just getting started needs to know and some tips on how they can use AI more effectively. Yeah, so look, I give this advice to everyone, copywriter or not, but remember it's just a tool. Uh, don't worry about it replacing you because we understand the strategy behind good content. We know that. I, I feel like with the release of ChatGPT and, and other generative AI, the whole world feels like, oh, I can be a copywriter because I have this tool and it writes stuff for me. But ultimately, it is a tool and it's the whole thing of garbage in, garbage out. If you don't put in quality prompts or you don't massage it at the other end, it's just going to be generic uh, content that's not going to serve anyone. And that's that's ultimately why I went into the training because I could see the writing on the wall that people are going to do that, just jump on the AI bandwagon and, um, you know, all this generic content will come out. I can already pick it up. Probably a whole lot of other copyrights can pick up too, like generic, not untouched uh, AI stuff. And it just it misses the mark and that affects the brand, you know, the authority. You just straight away you're like, oh, well, obviously AI wrote that. Uh, you know, things like Americanized spelling and you're an Australian audience, like straight away, AI, I'm not going to read your stuff now. So as as copywriters, I feel like this is a really pivotal moment for us. Um, we need to be stepping in as advisors. We need to be embracing it, using it for ourselves. So experimenting with it, uh, you know, say, all right, I, like for example, I've worked out doing transcript, my transcript briefing process that I do, uploading a transcript to AI at ChatGPT and asking it to use that to write website copy. Amazing. I then know how to massage it. So we can do things like that. Other people wouldn't quite know how to ask it, how to, wouldn't know what the structure for a good website would be, wouldn't know, you know, all this stuff. So we know how to use it. So this means that you could, your profit margins can increase because you can still charge the same or put your rates up, whatever, and have these tools to be time-saving. Ultimately, you're still putting out quality work because you know how to massage it. Uh, but yeah, you don't take as long. And I think 
you can be transparent with it. Uh, I've had I've had other copywriters ask me, do you have to say written, you know, I use AI, like is it some dirty secret? And I just put it back on to, hey, do you ask your accountant, are you going to use a calculator or Xero or QuickBooks to put together my, my BAS? And you just assume they will, but you're obviously you're paying them for a reason. You get to look after it. So same graphic designers in Canva. Some graphic designers freaked out over it. The best ones go, okay, I'm going to create templates, sell them as products or, or whatever else. So that's how we need to see ChatGPT, not as the enemy. It's a tool that can support us. And we can also do coaching and training as well. And I know a lot of other copywriters have started doing that too. Awesome. Let's maybe do a bit of a deep dive into the example that you just gave of writing a piece of web copy, let's say for a speaker um, or an author, whoever that might be. Um, and let's say you've got your transcript that you, let, talk us through the process and the prompts mm -hmm. that you might actually use to make yeah. that piece of web copy sing. Perfect. Yeah. So what I did, uh, I okay, so my briefings for the past three years have been via Zoom. I basically came to the realisation I was sending out written briefs and they'd give me, you know, one-line answers and I'd always have a follow-up chat anyway to talk through what they gave me. And there was one particular example was the catalyst and that was when she then talked for 10 minutes on that same question she wrote one line for. And I thought, all right, I need to get people talking. So how I do briefs now is I do a Zoom briefing call. And I, I know a few other copywriters do this, but if you're not, definitely reconsider this. Um, you know, I get into a briefing call on Zoom. I record it. I literally get curious. I ask about the, you know, the, the tone of voice or just basically what they're saying anyway. Um, and, you know, ask about the audience, ask about pain points, talk them through each of their web pages and say, all right, what's, what do you want to have on this? What's the key message for this page? Uh, if they've already got a website, and they're refreshing it, what do you want to update? What do you want to take away? What's missing here? All that kind of stuff. And just talking it through, they get it out of their head because they have that blockage, you know, between their head and their fingertips with the keyboard. Get it out of their head, get that passion, and you get the words, which helps you nail the brand. Uh, so I think about transcribed. Uh, I use uh, rev.com, and I know there's other free tools. That one, and I use the human transcript option. So you pay $1.50 US a minute, but, you know, that's incorporated in the price anyway. Then you get a decent transcript with the video associated with it. And then, so now talking about, uh, look, usually I get my, I have, a, you know, subcontractors now I work with, I hand it over that transcript and video. And I'm always keeping in mind that someone else is going to be doing it. So I'm clear and we get the 89% there in the first draft. So you can now do this with AI and you have the transcript you upload it, um, look, it's different if you've got the free or, or paid version of ChatGPT, but that's for the sake of the say, you just copy and, copy and paste it in. And you're going to say as a prompt, uh, in a moment, I'm going to provide you a transcript of an interview with this uh, speaker. Uh, I would like to create five-page website copy on this. The five pages are X, Y, Z, um, and... I want you to ensure that, you know, you only use the transcript and use exact phrases. You may need to repeat yourself with that because it does like to go off on its own tangent. So just go back after it provides you content and say, did you only provide, you know, only use the transcript? Um, but yeah, and then any other guidance. So if you want to say the keywords, uh, you know, on each page, as much as you can. 
Uh, you could do it all in one lump like that, or you can, if you feel more comfortable, break it up and just find the sections, the transcript about the about page, about the services pages, and, you know, do it separately like that. Experiment with it. But ultimately, I, yeah, I gave that a crack with one of my clients, and it was almost there. Like, I just had to go in and, you know, I changed some little headings around and and, and whatever, but the client loved it. And she's like, this sounds like me. This is brilliant. So if you have struggled with you know, nailing the voice, the transcript thing, and then getting AI to just use it and decipher it and weave through it, it could be a really good option. And that took, didn't take me maybe two hours maximum when it would have taken me easily double or more if I was doing it. Brilliant. Yeah. What other examples have you got where you've used um, AI prompts that have worked really well for you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I've got, I'm excited to say, I've got coming up a an overseas two-day workshop and um, obviously on ChatGPT, and I was asked for the plan like within two days of being, you know, being <laughs> formalized. And so I'm like, okay, I've got it. Just, uh. So I, this is, I guess, you know, there's two ways to use AI for external purposes. So like the website version, you know, uh, example, we're out there, other people to look at, and also for yourself, internal purposes. So in terms of like strategy and your ideas and everything. But for this, I'm like, okay, I want to come up with a, you know, two-day workshop plan. And I was given an example of a previous workshop plan and I pasted that into ChatGPT. In a moment, I'm going to provide you a sample. Don't do anything yet. I will then ask you to, to change it, you know, to suit me. Do you understand? Yes. Great. Okay. So I paste that in. Net that I say, all right, the topic is... ChatGPT, the target audience are their marketers, digital marketers and social media managers. They've come to a two-day workshop. I want to cover these, these topics across, across both days, including mock projects and, and that kind of thing and, and a fun activity to start each day. Away it goes. And then it put together, actually, it took only a couple of attempts to get it, uh, to get it right, what I felt comfortable with. But it gave me a really great starting point for something that felt very overwhelming with short notice and and all that. So it can help if you get overwhelmed very easily with these kinds of tasks. So that was great. And then I just adjusted it. But I wasn't also typing on a nine o'clock to ten, or even just cutting and pasting, and then going back to the original version or what they gave me and comparing it to the comparison for me, and took note of the ideas that I had and then ran with it. So that was really handy. Very nice, very nice. And what do you think people do wrong with chat or copywriters do wrong? What what are, what are some of the common mistakes we make? Um, I think just just understanding it and not like freaking out probably a little bit and avoiding it. That's probably the biggest mistake copywriters are doing, just going, oh, no, I'm not going to touch it. It's too scary. If they want proper copywriting, they'll come to me. If they want AI, I'm not interested. I think we all have to, you know, keep up, don't have to know all the updates, every single thing, but know the basics. So understand, you know, what a basic prompt looks like. And that, that could end up being the future of copywriting, something we do quite regularly. Oh, hey, uh, can you come up with these prompts for this thing? And we'll be prompt engineers. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's the thing, just doing the self-education and that's pretty much all I did I made the decision end of April at a networking event it was a get it done thing I just put it out there hey what do you reckon about training on this topic at ChatGPT people like yeah yeah I'd do that 
I just started looking up ChatGPT books. There was literally like three in the market at the time. Now it's a bit more, but uh, I listen to AI podcasts, watch, uh, you know, AI people on LinkedIn, on Instagram, all that stuff. And then following things like open AI updates and whatever. Just the self-education part, that all you have to know is enough, you know, to come for me. I'm like, as long as I know 10% more than people in the room, right? Uh, it's very easily this, this space. Just understand the basics, you know, that's going to be really key because you don't want to get caught out of a client asking you about it and you have no idea. And it doesn't look like you're keeping, just like, you know, SEO or other little tools. If you don't look like you're keeping up with the times, then you can actually be, you know, impacted. So that's how you can be impacted by sitting in ignorance. So don't be afraid of it. Go like teach yourself. You can line up a chat with me if you want. Um, yeah, help sell the copywriters. But yeah, just embrace it. Don't fear it. Right. Is there a project you can reveal or talk about that was really complicated that you used AI to solve? Uh, or what's one of the most complicated ones you've used? Uh, it Yeah, I haven't had a lot of overly complicated things I think where it's gotten complicated is when I've seen in a Facebook group or on a LinkedIn person has shared a prompt saying it's awesome I've then put it in to ChatGPT and then been confused about what the output is meant to be uh so like there was something about improving productivity for insert your industry and I did that and it didn't seem to speak to copywriters it seemed to speak to my audience as a copywriter, it was just very confusing. So I think that's that's where, yeah, just watching out for some of those prompts. And also there's a lot of LinkedIn experts who talk about the AI experts who go, all right, you want to do this? Awesome. All you have to do is have these eight different AI tools and then easy, you can engage with your audience. And I'm like, oh, that just feels so overwhelming to me. I don't think... Most people are at that. It sounds cool, but practicing it when you're potentially on your own as a freelancer, it, you could go down a rabbit hole and just not find your way out um, and be confused where you started. So I think that's just something to, I haven't, yeah, I haven't had any real like complicated projects, but I find it complicated when I'm getting inspiration from others who are still learning. And yeah, I, I think that's the key thing as well. Don't, invest heaps in one particular person follow like your time follow a lot of different ai people and feel you know who you resonate most with uh so like you know this kind of thing uh yeah so i'm launching a, a podcast uh with uh, co-hosted with tim king he is another copywriter and ai enthusiast and we we hit it off um you know a few months ago i thought let's do a podcast together so yeah called the ai train and we because we're not tech people techie people and we're just saying what how it is, both copyrights and the content marketing space. Uh, I think, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think it will take off because I think we it makes us relatable to a lot of these techie people who just confuse the average person. Yeah. And talk a bit about what you think the future of copywriting looks like. Yeah, I think, look, definitely we'll probably be more like advisors uh, for a lot of people. And that's, that's okay. There will also be those who experiment with, you know, copywriting by ChatGPT and they're unsatisfied with the results. They're not getting the conversions, whatever it is. And they're like, oh, there actually is a bit more in this than I originally thought. 
uh, maybe I should go to an actual copywriter. So I feel, and I know many of the listeners would, would relate to this, that copywriting is often a very undervalued service. You know, people think I need a website, they only think about the design and, and happy to pay, you know, thousands of dollars for design. But as soon as you say, oh, it needs good quality content, the words, you're like, oh, you want to charge even half of what the designer is? Oh, that's even too much. And so that's, you know, in the past, they haven't seen the value because they're just like, oh, I could throw together some words. What is it? I feel like AI could put us back on the map because it's bringing writing to the forefront of everyone's mind. It's bringing that content straight there. And they're going to see fairly quickly what works and what doesn't work. And then, so yeah, this is what I'm saying, embrace AI and be there when they're doing AI searches and AI copywriter or what they ever start, what they start searching for, be ready because they're going to then, look, even, uh, you know, we're recording this mid-November, I've had more copywriting inquiries this month than I usually have in November. And it, I think it's because people start to have this realisation. And yeah, look, that a lot of them are saying, oh, we'll actually start in the new year or whatever. But people are already starting to think that way. Oh, okay, I, I've tried this. I'm struggling with it. I want to do this better. So be prepared. There could be this massive influx of work for us, which would be amazing. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Leanne. I think there was a, a real big hit when uh, the AI came in and it's the death of copywriting. And then people realised ex- exactly as you just said, it's like, oh, it's a tool. It's a first draft. It's a nice companion, but it certainly won't do it for you. And it certainly won't do the strategy and knowing what is good copy, you know, what do you plug in to start with? Um, so I think that it's always interesting with technology, isn't it? That there's a, a fear factor and this, um, you know, the world is falling in, sort of chicken little kind of thing. And then it kind of evens out, changed, pivoted, yes, but let's be prepared for the next level of change, which brings me to my next question. And you may not know this, but where do you think, what's the next tech change within AI or within any any tool that you're seeing that might affect the copywriting world? Well, look, I mean, ChatGPT is changing alone. Like I personally just stuck with that as much as possible and all these extra features have been coming to the paid ones that's been easy to stay focused. Uh, But you know, the latest thing is, you know, the ChatGPT, the GPTs, the, the the bots that you can create and you can kind of create your own um, ecosystem of a particular topic. If you do, for example, have a retainer client, you could feed it all the background information and it can then help you with future topics and all that based on what you feed it. And Or you can treat it like creating a new member of your team and have a, a graphic designer or an event planner or whatever. And so there is potential risk, I guess, if there's like a copywriting one that someone produces, they they there's going to be a, a kind of like an app store kind of thing uh, that you will be able to sell it. This is all happening in the next few weeks, actually, not even like in the future, heaps future. Um, so that may you may feel like you've been put at risk, but ultimately, I think we need to remember is the human connection element of it all. And that's what I've been bringing through in all my training and my speaking, everything this year, all about using AI with the human touch. People, look, we learned that this, you know, when we're in isolation and, you know, the, the past years, um, we we crave that human contact. And I think speaking to bots day and day out to get content and, and whatever, we're going to question things. We'll still need to interact with others. We still want to speak to experts. So that's, you know, where the copyrights, you know, come in. And 
I, I look, everything that we do, we need to be just keep in mind, we don't want this to take over humanity. We want it to support us. Uh, so think about the human touch for everything you do with it. Uh, keeping in mind it's a tool, it's not replacing you. There's, yeah, graphic designers still, you know, they're not, not extinct. Even though Canva, I use Canva almost daily, I still use a graphic designer for flyers and a business card recently. Same sort of thing. So don't live in fear. Just just keep it, just keep an eye on what's happening and we should be okay. We should be okay. Good. Let's talk about your business. And like I know you've you've got a successful business. Some people might be interested as to how you promote yourself. You know, in a world there's, you know, there's a lot of what we do. How do you promote yourself? So I'm big on surprise by the, the networking scene. I'm a social being. Uh, so I very early in my business got into networking groups. And that is just so amazing for, you know, that no luck and trust factor, you know, your energy. I mean, look, yeah, I have a lot of energy. So um, <laughs> the, the energy, though, and, you know, people to see you in person and getting to know you outside of your business and then, uh, look, and it can very much be a, a long game. I, I know that. There's some website designers who I'm now, I've now done like three or four projects with. I've known them through my local business chamber for like three years and only in the last six months I started working with them. So it can take a bit of time, but I do the networking. I show up, people see me, uh, they ask me questions. I give away free advice. I'm not afraid to say, you know, I'm not going to, oh no, can't say much. Book in a, you know, a chat and pay for it and, and then we'll chat. No, I'm big on giving lots of value for free because then they'll they'll see the value and pay for your things if you know there's the right fit for you. So the networking though is complemented by the social media presence and the emails. Like I practice what I preach in the content marketing world. Uh, I did when I initially started content marketing. I felt like a fraud because like no one knows who I am. But after putting the time and effort in, people now say, I see you everywhere. See me in a networking event, they're like, oh, and they quote my last few LinkedIn posts. So I'm I'm definitely active on socials. LinkedIn is my main one. That seems to do the best for me. I, I mix it up, like we're saying offline. A lot of the personal story stuff, that's what goes well. That's what people love. The engagement's then there. That means you're coming up in their, their news feeds. Little hack, you can then share a promotional thing and more likely for people to see it. Um, but you know that's that's just taken off and that's where all my speak a lot of my speaking gigs have come through linkedin um you know people come through my training you know through seeing me on linkedin and that's yeah that's been a big part too and then you know the word of mouth thing as well so a lot of the um the people i do speak to in real life online and they tell people and then i have random people who i don't even know on like-minded bitches facebook group tag me and i'm like oh okay cool doing something right Right. So what I'm hearing is you're doing the, the there's nothing out of the box. There's nothing unique, okay. right? And I, I guess I want to make that point because I think sometimes people think you've got to be different and special and, and you. It's like, no, just do the basic things that we all we all tell our clients and our students or whoever, you know, we're teaching. It's showing up. <laughs> it's a showing up and it's a consistency, isn't it? It's just knowing that the one percenters will make a difference. It's not one big 100% thing. Um, so maybe just talk to me about your LinkedIn. Um, how many times do you post a week? It's a good few times as a minimum. I like, you know, I did have a, a virtual assistant and one of the main things I got her to do was, you know, repurpose my content and schedule in things. And 
you know what? It's the on the spot stuff, uh, random musing. That's the stuff that goes well. My announcements to the world that I'm neurospicy. I know a lot of other business owners are. Oh, that went off. Uh, a lot of DMs as well, which is also a great strategy because you then come up in the news feed at the top two. Um, and then, you know, you throw in the, uh, like in terms of like for AI, I'm doing little advice updates, whatever too, which sometimes goes okay. But yeah, it's, I'm not leaving it weeks on end. I think at the minimum, minimum, it's like twice a week, you know, one really good engaging post could then, you know, people still see it a week later. So keep that in mind. It's not like going to disappear within an hour. It will hover around for a little bit. But yeah, it's it's a bit sporadic, but still consistent. Does that make sense? Yeah. And talk to us about your speaking. Who engages you to speak? What kind of clients have you had recently? Yeah. So I've had some really awesome opportunities. There's there's been little like small things like oh, can you come speak to our networking group or our yeah interior designers and talk how it relates to them. Uh, then there was a one from yeah also from LinkedIn speaking to digital marketers based in India. And that was a really exciting one. There's about 180 people who tuned in almost the whole time. So that was really, really cool. And, and there's talk of doing a, another one with them. And the, yeah, DigiMarkCon I was asked to speak at uh, was also some little, conf- some conferences I've asked, been asked to speak at as well, like a local Hills business one um, and online summits and, it's it's been very varied, um, and it's yeah kept things very exciting for me, which is, is awesome. And yeah, and yeah, there's, there's one that's come up in, in Kuala Lumpur in end of February, and that's like okay, running a two day workshop, and that's that's different again. So it's all all been great experience, bit tiring, uh, I admit, because it's not just a matter of using the exact same materials every time either, because I might have ten minutes, I might have two hours. And if they put the angle on me, then I have to tweak things and, you know, then I'm just going to get it right. And so there's updates. I've got to be on top of the updates. I can't be doing training on something old. So I've got to really keep on top of it to make sure whenever I'm speaking, it's it's relevant. And, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's been very cool. Like, yeah, I got into um, 6PR radio in Perth after I was featured in The Australian, which was a very random media opportunity, but my pivot and, just the year has been insane. I would never have thought, look, a year ago, if you said I was going to go an AI, I would, would have laughed and said, yeah, right. Uh, I've always loved futuristic stuff, but I would have, yeah, but it, it's been a lot of fun. It's about the Australian newspaper because that's where I saw you as well. Um, how did you get that piece of media? Yeah, uh, it was through, um, so through uh, Kate Toon, um, who I, we both know, and she, it was, Basically, someone reached out to her community, a journalist, and she'd been chatting with me. She knew I'd done the pivot. I had a really great first webinar with 124 people register and all this, and my name was put forward. And the the journalist called me, and he look his angle was you know meant to be doom and gloom, uh, as as the media loves to focus on. And he's like, oh, how's you know AI affecting your business? And I I started by saying I wanted to put that positive spin. Look. Look, conversions were low uh, and I thought I can just see what happens or I dive into this space and train and half an hour later, he's like, I love your story. I want to send a photographer to your house tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm my house is a mess. Um, <laughs> I was literally, literally that day was my last day in my co-working space before giving it up because I couldn't afford it anymore. 
And I'm like, all my stuff has been, you know, shoved back home. Uh, okay. So photos in my home office, you don't see it, but all this crap <laughs> sitting behind me. And that was just the moment when I realized, oh, I might be onto something here. And it was very exciting. And I, I haven't had the chance to do some more proactive PR myself, but that's what I'll look at doing probably more into the new year. But that was that was difficult. And then I, I was I was driving um, you know, the next day to you know, somewhere and my dad calls up and he's like, Oh, yeah, you've seen the paper yet? I'm like, Oh no, I've seen the online version, but and he's like, Yeah, you're on the front cover. And I'm like, No, I'm not, Dad, shut up. And he goes, You are, you're on the front cover. And sure enough, I pull into a petrol station. There I am under the, one of the A's in Australian, page three story. And that was, I've got to get it framed. That was a super exciting, exciting moment. I bet. I bet. And that's, that's just a great way to finish off as well too, Leanne. Well done and congratulations on everything you've achieved and being so, you know, quick to pivot and to uh, take those opportunities and uh, and do what you need to do to uh, keep Thank your you. business going. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you. I've had a lot of fun sharing. I hope it helps someone out there. I'm certain it will. I think what Leanne demonstrates so beautifully is that we have to be constantly evolving and iterating and finding new ways to create a point of difference and to stay relevant. And that sometimes when we get lemons, we need the courage to turn them into lemonade, as she did with her ADHD diagnosis. In closing, my joke, because I know you're waiting for it. This one's got a bit of an AI twist, a little bit of a little bit of an AI thing going on. A woman said to her friend, I heard that the government is putting chips inside people. Her friend said, I hope I get Doritos. I couldn't agree more. Doritos are my go-to comfort food when I need a break. And if the government are going to put chips inside people, that's the one that I want as well. And a quote to finish off with from Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI. Well, he's the current CEO for the time being anyway. He said, AI will probably most likely lead to the end of the world. But in the meantime, there'll be great companies. You can take that in whatever way that works for you. And that's it from me. All the best and bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre. Do you want to become a confident, highly paid email strategist and email copywriter? Take a look at our course, Email Marketing and Copywriting. Created by Bernadette Schwert, this seven-week online course will teach you how to create and write effective email marketing campaigns that get results. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash email marketing. And thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au.